Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts, and tonight we have Jeremy of Mostly Accurate. What's going on, boys? Hey, what's up? Hi. We're going to start the episode off by thanking our sponsor. I'd like I'd like to take the time to thank Sabretooth. If you use code WH, when you go to sabretooth.com, you can save 10% on your order of your power carving burrs and discs. I use them. You should too. And I'll take a moment to thank our sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, your one-stop shop for makers, your home for abrasives, steel, tools, and more. Save on shipping by getting everything from one supplier. You can find him at maritimeknifesupply.com and .ca. So what is going on, Jeremy? Oh, not much, man. Pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for asking me. I was kind of shocked when I got the the hit from Tony the other night, but it's really cool to be here. Um, thanks. Shouldn't be shocked. Well, I don't know. You knew it was coming. Oh, no, not at all, sir. Um, <laughs> I often thought of you guys as kind of the um, the cool kids, and I'm just the guy that kind of like shows up and hangs out. So uh, it's nice being here. We are not the cool kids. <laughs> We're the furthest thing from the cool kids. Nah, you guys are the cool kids. No. Uh, not at all. But yeah, no, it's just a typical uh, normal rainy weekend in Jersey and really nice way to cap off the Sunday evening sitting here talking with y'all. What is this, the ninth weekend in a row it has rained in New Jersey? That's what they say on the news. And it's, I mean, luckily it hasn't been too bad, but today it was horrible. Like I, I ran outside to do an errand and it was like just sprinkling. By the time I came back, I was drenched. Like it went from nothing to a downpour. And that's when I decided not to go outside and finish my chores. Yeah, it was just enough to keep me from my chores today. But we're not a weather podcast, so. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Anything good? Any maker-related stuff you've been up to lately? Uh, I'm still kind of in my whole painting and raging and uh, kind of doing that stuff. Um, I kind of got this goal in mind. So lately, I've basically been trying to do 10 to 20 paintings a weekend. Um, it's not really a quality over quantity. It's more of a, if you do something a thousand times, you may become good at it. And uh, the long story, short story of it is... is uh, I started a project, a painting project 10 years ago, and then I stopped painting and then I lost my skill and I lost my knowledge and I kind of got rusty at it and I want to go and finish that, but I haven't got back to what I think is a good skill set. So I've just been cranking out more and more product pieces so I can get good again and then finish this one project. And it's a completely silly project. It's just something (laughs) that I want to do right. And uh, so I've just been doing that and it's really been kind of like my hyper focus recently um, it's, it's checking a lot of boxes, right? There's a little dopamine hits from, you know, and I make a good canvas. I, I get the right color combo. And then if I find some weird graphic or drawing to go on, it just, it really, really kind of, uh, scratches my maker itch. So it's kind of nice. I've seen some of your paintings. I like them. They are weird and random to be honest with you. I, I actually now am a proud owner of one of them. That is true. Um, I was handing them out quite a lot, and then I made a couple of for special people. Don't you actually technically have two? Oh wait, yeah, you had a second one. That's right. Yeah. I had, and I was very excited to keep it, and then and then I, I had to move that one along the line. I think that was actually a really great move, and kind of the reason why I did it. Um, at camp, I handed out. I think I went up there with, I think seventy, and I handed all of them out, all of them out, but three, and that's because the the three were kind of for like certain people that I didn't see there. Um, I was just randomly dropping them off in people's tents, putting them on car windows. Um, I did some big ones like 
the total bolt people, I did one that was uh, actually the chemical breakdown of how uh, epoxy changes states. Oh, I so, saw that one. That yeah, one so that cool. was kind of cool. Um, and I did one for like um, Pat, which was like uh, watch wood spin here, random things like that, you know, like little catchy things. Did one for Patty. Um, and the rest were just random goofiness that I was kind of, uh, I don't know, I like kind of doing it. I was uh, getting into people's heads, kind of like here's something just randomly. Here's a little bright moment. Take this, walk away with it. Like the lady from uh, Sabretooth, literally I handed her one and I said, okay, thanks, bye. And just walked, kept on walking. Like literally put it in her hands and started walking. Never went back to talk to her. Never said, "Hey, here's the reason why." Just handed it to her. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Mine says I got drunk with Blackthorn Concepts at Maker Camp, which I kind of feel like I should have gifted that again to somebody. I mean, eventually, maybe if you get another epic story. Um, I know for three years ago, uh, me and Gary Laguardia, we stayed up and we were like the last two makers, and we were up until like. 4 35 o'clock in the morning with the local people and like i felt like gary was the inspiration of that because that was an epic like we did some crazy drinking that night and had some crazy ventures with those locals and then the next year i was like well that's an, that's a badge of honor if you're one of the last people standing every night or one night you should you should get some kind of like participation award so i did that one for you because like you know drinking with you and then i actually had another one that says i drank way too late and i handed it to uh one of the Davids, because he was like, y'all left me. I was standing out there for like 15 minutes before I realized y'all went to bed. I'm like, so you stood there waiting for us to come back after we all said you went to bed? And he was like, yeah. So I think there should be kind of like um, participation awards for some of the more epically goofy stuff we do at camp. So Yeah. I mean, years ago, I used to try and be the last man standing there, but I, I, I gave up on that now. I did all I, I four nights until four in the morning, and I felt it for the week after. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I I did. I was in the same boat. I think twice I was in the last group during the weekend, so that was enough. <laughs> and it's weird, kind of like a time vortex when you're hanging out at camp because the conversations have like peaks and valleys, and they get really like this. Conversations get really good the later the night goes, so you kind of get bored for a second. You're like, I'm gonna go to bed, and all of a sudden something really good starts talking about, it, and you're there for another forty minutes. Do they get better or do you just get drunker and think they're better? <laughs> it's probably a combination of both. I like to assume that it's the level of a uh, quality of people we're hanging out with that they just are saving the good golden nuggets until four o'clock in the morning. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what night were we up late drinking? Was that Thursday? We did Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was a, that was probably a, a, a omen of things to come because I, I felt pretty bad on Friday morning. <laughs> Yeah, I called it early the next two days. But you're painting. So are you making your own canvases or no? Uh, some of them. Uh, most of them, because I'm really, they're kind of a grab bag of I don't know what I'm doing with them. So every Friday or Thursday, I'll go to like Hobby Lobby and pick up the pre-mades, which are, yeah, I think they're like bundles of five or six for like 12 bucks, right? So it's a, for cost materials, it's a fairly low entry level. And then I've got, I don't know, probably five totes of spray paints and I'm a hoarder of art supplies, so I've got buckets of markers and pens and things. So I don't really need much more of that for every weekend. But then there's a few other ones that I've kind of been stretching my own canvas on just because I think it's going to make a difference. And then it turns out not to. So I've kind of gone back to the pre-made, pre-bought just to, just for expediency sake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're just using them for practice, there's no point in, in taking the time to stretch your own when they're that cheap. True. You just buy them. But the 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 
canvas itself actually reacts differently. So it's a different surface. So you can actually, you get a different style of art depending on the canvas you use, which is kind of weird. So lately I've been really into doing uh, spray paints and um, uh, markers and acrylic markers. And the combination works really well because the acrylics kind of stick more to the, um, the rattle can paint. Uh, but if I go to a nicer canvas, um, the paints actually be, get absorbed a little bit more and they become a little bit more chalkier and the, the acrylic markers don't spread as well. They're not, a, they, they kind of, the pigment gets absorbed. So do you do, a gel, where, do you do a gel coat over top of the canvas? No, the not yet. Uh, some, yourself? some, uh, only, only the ones I do uh, for myself, I, I will pre, I'll, I'll cover with, a, you know, um, uh, gel primer. Coat. Yeah. Gel coat. Um, that's only those, the, the, the store bought, the mass produced ones. No, they're pretty much already, but they're almost plastic. They're not really canvas in my opinion. They're, they're, they're just square pieces of white basically to paint on. I haven't done painting in, I don't know. It's been at least five or six years. I used to paint oh, in the winter and I haven't done it in a long time. That's kind of where I'm at too. I was kind of in a funk, right? And uh, living in a third floor apartment in Jersey, I can't do some of the projects that I really like. Like I've got a, uh, a 57 uh, Moto Perola moped on my balcony right now that I can't really work on because it's too loud to be running on a third floor balcony in New Jersey. And I kind of want to shop my garage for that. So I was getting bummed by not being able to do the things I wanted. And I was just trying to find something to get those dopamine fixes. And uh, painting is kind of where I've, I'm currently focused on. It's a good way to go, man. Yeah. I saw recently a painting. And I mean, after talking to you, what was that? It had to be... August or September, we were on that one live on Instagram. We were talking about painting and stuff, and you got me thinking about it. And then after that, before camp, I had seen somebody took a canvas that they didn't stretch, but they put a board on the top and a board on the bottom to kind of stretch it that way, but no side boards, right? So it's only stretched on the bottom and the top. And then they paint it on it. But then when they hang it, there is no side and no frame, and it's just kind of like a loose canvas. And it looks really cool. Well, I bet that would look cool. Yeah. And I've been thinking, oh, man, I want to do that. But you have to have it stretched somehow to paint it. So I don't really know. I guess you stretch it and make and it take the up. stretchers off. Yeah. Yeah. But it looked really cool just kind of like hanging on a wall. It wasn't a big, uh, big photo or painting, I guess. But it was cool looking. I uh, I went to the lobby yesterday to pick up some supplies. And I walked by the clearance aisle and they had... I know tons of stencils, like pre-cut stencils out um, on clearance, and they were like 79 cents a piece. So I'm like, I've spent more on less. So I picked up a whole bunch of them. Some of them came back to be pre-made silk screens. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It likes patterns and whatnot. Um, but now I kind of want to get into that because it didn't, it doesn't work with my paints very well. Like it's a different process trying to use the stencil like that. So now I've got that itch to learn more about silk screening and, you know, what kind of consistency and paint you need to use to, to make it work. So. It's that that's that's the maker way though. Like you, you you pull one little thread and you come across a hiccup and you're like, oh, now I've got to investigate that and go down that route. And then you're, you know, six grand in debt and you know, all of a sudden you've got like seven new projects. You know, so <laughs> that, that's my favorite part about being in this community. Yeah, I do, so, I do, I do. Oh, sorry, no, I was thinking. So do you have do you have to have ADHD to be a maker, or is it just? <laughs> it's definitely a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> I do like silk screening, though. Have you ever done it before? I have not. Um, I've watched the process. I understand what it takes to make a screen, but I've never done it myself. Yeah. I have a light box if you want to borrow it. 
And uh, I don't know. Yeah, if I had I'm any... getting to that point where I need I need something more to to invest my time, and it's a skill set, right? And I love knowing how to do enough to be passable. You know, so every time I learn a new hobby, a new skill set, it makes me feel like I got another tool in the box that I can use at some point. Yeah, and I have. Uh, um, I don't know all the terminology. I never learned it. I mean, I did, but then I forgot it. But I never went back. But I have like the scrubbers. Like depending on the size of your silk screen that you're using, like to scrub this silk screen ink across. I always call them scrubbers. It's like a rubber band on a. Isn't that what they're called, or are they called squeegees? It's one of the two. Yeah, it's one of the two. I guess squeegee is probably the proper way to call it. But then there's the emulsion, and then you got to clean the emulsion off. But it's fun. I I I like the look of any silk screening, especially if it's done on like a t-shirt, because you kind of get that crisp jagged edge you know if you know what i mean because sometimes depending on the shirt you put it on it doesn't the paint yeah. doesn't quite like and i love that look i love the kind of pre pre-vintage or pre-damaged look from a fresh print i have never done it on anything but t-shirts or fabric i think it would be cool to do like the screen printed posters but i never had that i saw it once done on like um uh, a fruit of a looms uh sweatshirt or like you know those old sweatshirts you get in the 90s like 10 for a dollar or something um and the paint definitely acts different on it and it looked more faded i guess at the time and it just always stuck in my head as like a cool you know um, unintended uh consequence of or result from a project right yeah i've just been doing that paying a lot um nothing too spectacular just trying to prep for the winter months i'm not a i'm not a very good winter person so i've got to like amp myself up with hobbies and projects to keep myself going through the through the holiday season and then come back out in spring and hit the round ground running again yeah winter months are tough even my shop gets cold what do you do in the winter tony when you can't go in the shop anymore <laughs> that's generally when the gym gets busier that's when i get well, that's when i spend more time in the gym but yeah i generally don't be all healthy on us now yeah i generally don't uh i don't attempt much in the shop Got enough with just house stuff, and and it's too damn cold. I'd rather be, I'd rather enjoy myself while I'm out there instead of having it be a a grind. Yeah, the gym's fine until you know the first of the year, and then you get the swarm of people trying to get healthy for the New Year's resolutions. That yeah. was a that was horrible. The first year I was out here in 2018, I was on a Planet Fitness over on the shore here, and man, it went from like 30 people a night to 300 people a night, and it killed my old mood to work out. Yeah, I hate I I've always hated that. I'm like the new year's not going to make a new you. You got to like I would much rather someone make that decision at a different time and then just stick with it instead of like every new year's. You see you know, it was always the same when I was in a commercial gym. It was always the same people you would see from January to February and then be like, "Oh, we'll see you next year." Yeah. It's it's one of those things that's kind of the drawback of public gyms are, is that, that swarm. But luckily it is only a few months and then they go away again. Yeah. The gym I'm at now is a little bit different where like I'm coaching. So I get, I get, I do get time to myself. Like I can go in on my own time because you know, I have a key. And then uh, our membership is kind of minimal. I think we keep it to somewhere around 30, 30 people at all times. So oh, that's pretty nice. That means you know exactly who left the place a mess if it comes down people that down that small. So yeah, yeah. Well, we have a we do have a program for that, like tracking who's 
they're supposed to, people are supposed to check themselves in when they come in at certain times. So doesn't, people don't always do it. So, but we also have a pretty good clientele that are mindful of respecting the equipment. So it's, it's good that way. And that's our discussion about being healthy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys working on this weekend? Anything? I'm just coming off nights. So, um, I was working Friday, Saturday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. So it's my first day off and I'm hoping to spend some time out the shop this week, but I keep saying that every week and it never happens. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it's already November. I mean, basically like it feels like camp was six months ago and it was only two weeks ago. Does anyone still have that time dilation or that, that effect from camp? It was in the beginning of the month, but it seems like it was longer ago. Feels like it was a while ago. Yeah, feels like a while for me, because yeah. the the shift I'm on right now is the shift I took off for camp. So that's it. Kind of frames stuff for me pretty good. Cause I like, only I only work three shifts. So so here's a litmus test in your mind when you refer to last year's maker camp. Was that two weeks ago or was that actually last year? Last year. That's last year. Yeah. It's starting to creep over to one that just happened this month. Because in my mind, it's actually becoming that long ago that it could be last year's Maker Camp. Yeah. <laughs> What's really going to confuse people is when this comes out is the second weekend or, or the second Wednesday of, in, in November. So it's going to oh, be yeah. further away. So it's going to yeah, confuse exactly. people. But yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, I would still say last year until maybe January when it's the new year, then this year would be the 24 one. Yeah, yeah that, sense. then you start looking. Then you start looking forward and like, okay, what are we going to do this year? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking we need to make a um, a little uh, lottery pool about what kind of weather we're going to have at the twenty twenty four. No, don't even start joking about that. Because we've already had stream cold, kind of nice, extreme flooding. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be meteorite shower or maybe a balls of fire from the sky for this twenty forty four. So let's we'll start with epic. frogs. Can we start with frogs? Frogs, that'd be fine. I mean, we have our, the duck already, so. And yeah. we had crayfish this year, so. And frogs and locusts. And yeah. <laughs> get, all, get all biblical. <laughs> but it'd be nice to have a all around, like, because you remember the, when the good weather was, it was a smaller group, so we, we weren't affected about it. But when you have that many people with limited, you know, fire at night and whatnot, it would be nice to have slightly warmer weather. Just, just to make it more convenient. And it doesn't sap the energy out of you as much either when it's slightly nicer. So maybe this next year we'll have a nice Indian uh, summer where it's, you know, 70s and 60s at night. Were you there at the first one in 19? I missed that one. Yeah, uh, that, I, was that was the was best one I was weather. There. It was just enough chill. It was perfect. Yeah, I went to the hammer in that followed that. And that was, that was like after. So that was freaking cold. Um, there was a hammer in that fall? I believe it was that winter because yeah, uh, we did it up underneath the pavilion by the tiki bar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was the one where I almost lost my finger on the the saw because I, someone was making a joke and I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing and it took my blade away from me. So I, I was the, I, I was that guy. Okay. Don't be that guy. That was pretty, that guy. It was pretty bad. It was, it was, a, it was, it was fun cause it was small at that time. And, um, there was a lot of, uh, just everyone kind of given little bits and pieces of knowledge and training. Um, basically, like, I feel like uh, Gary Laguardi was the guy I hung out with that night, and he taught me just about everything he kind of knew, which he learned from everybody else. So, yeah, that's kind of the, that's the kind of fun part of the uh, transfer of knowledge to people. I, I like that there's more people now, though. 
I don't really like people um, a lot, so I, I don't uh, like people either. So it, it really kind of take, drains my battery going to camp. Um, so I like the smaller classes in a lot of ways. Um, they both really? have their ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not always a big people person, but I find camp usually energizes me. I usually come back like raring to go. Yeah, there's that whole maker high of like I'm so inspired. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make the you know the 16 champel the first week you come back, and then it kind of tapers off after a while. Um, I did not get that after this one. I did not. I did not either. I was just gonna say the same thing. Um, I was looking forward to it. It's kind of like it's kind of my fix for the year. It gets me through the winter, and I, I didn't quite pick that up this year. And I think it was mainly the cold, the rain, kind of just sapped it. Yeah, the rain zapped out that 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 energized feeling after you were done. But I, the good news is we'll be talking about that rainstorm for the next 20 years. You know, that, that, that is now an official member of the maker camp. I mean, the other, the, <laughs> the, the, the great part about the entire weekend, well, I don't want to say the great part, but one of the amazing parts was, is that by like Tuesday morning, people were already making, I survived the maker camp uh, flood swag. Like they instantly just started cranking out these really great gags and meme gifts from it. I'm like, you guys haven't even packed yet. How, how did you guys get this already? And I think that's kind of the cool thing about where our yeah, our, our ability to create and, and share is just rapidly fast nowadays. Like that used to be a month long project and now people can turn it around in like eight hours. It's great. Yeah. I, I, I bought the poster. I've seen the t-shirts. I haven't bought one yet, but uh, I did buy the poster from Smith makes with the umbrella. Yeah. I survived. That was a great one. Yeah. That was the other thing too, is that, um, Weren't you the one that says no, no new effing friends? Yeah, I've and shortened, I, 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 I've I saw it to that. just no new friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Now everyone's that was the, the the main takeaway. Everyone's favorite slogan from this year, I think. Well, uh, we owe that to uh, buttjoints.com, Mister Ed Johns. He uh, he made these little like keychains. Yeah that he was handing out and it's like the middle finger and then no new friends. And he gave me one and he put it on my jacket and I just forgot about it. And I guess whatever I was doing that night, I must've knocked it off. Cause it was like, like the thin wood that oh, yeah. it was made out of. So I just had the ring when it was done, but he has, uh, he took that as feedback and he went home and he's been perfecting it the past couple of weeks. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of that swag coming out. There's going to be in, in, real soon. And he's another one that really came out of his shell because he's always been around. But this last year, he's really upped his presence. And he's like, I think this week he was working on uh, uh, printmaking and stamps. He's yeah. in a, he, he jumps around a lot of stuff as well. ADHD, he's another local. Yeah. ADHD gets us all. You Are know? you guys trying to be perfectionists and skilled at your hobbies? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, let's, let, let's be mildly average at a few things. or <laughs> Mostly accurate? Mostly accurate, exactly. Mostly accurate. I mean, mostly accurate still hits the target. It does. It does. Yeah, but what percentage is mostly? I would say anything over 60. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's a a fair, safe number. Okay. So then, like, fairly accurate would be, like, the 59 to, like, 40 kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then sort sort of accurate would be anything in the 30s. And not accurate at all is anything under 20. <laughs> yeah. That's good that we've got that cleared. There's now an official scale. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, there's more maker swag right there. 
I'm sure. I'm sure if you check in with ButtJoints.com, Mr. Ed Johns, he'll have swag for that coming up soon. <laughs> undeniably, undeniably. Oh man, there's probably a T-shirt being printed before the end of this episode. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, we <laughs> some of us, some of us latch onto the weirdest, funnest stuff and just run with it for days. It works you know, though. It, it works. And then it becomes a gag in its own right. Even if it's, even if it's just kind of silly, people just really latch onto it because it's now part of the gag. It's part of the the history, the nuance of what it is to be in our our little circle of friends, you know. Yeah. So, were you aware of the pencil sharpening woodworker? I saw that, the that reels. Happened? Yeah, yeah. So we still get people sending us those of like, "Hey, look, here's another one." <laughs> and that's yeah. been that's well over a year ago. I like it because it, it for it was like really kind of random. So in the first, I didn't know the 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 um, the origin of the joke, and I just started seeing it a lot in my feed. I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. And then I saw a bunch of it in my uh, feed, and I was like, all right, this must be some kind of joke. And then I saw tons, and then it just kind of tripled off, and I still get one and one or two now and then. And it's just fun. It's silly. It's almost like when um there was the whole like. Our group is a giant Venn diagram, or Venn diagram of other groups, right? Right. And you, we have little overlaps. So there was that whole one about band saws and letters back in August or whatever. No yeah. idea what the, the 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 origin of that was, but I got flooded with everyone trying to make their own letters on the bandsaw. And then it just kind of t- tapers off. And I like that about our, our group is that every now and then another one of these little, I don't want to call it fads, but challenges, little like, group internet projects i guess you'd call them i, I would that. call the pencil thing and the letters a fad for sure yeah yeah well i don't know like i could definitely see people like duresta doing it because that's what he does he likes challenging himself on the bandsaw well that's the how other, that one started yeah but the other so, thousand people do it because they want to be part of the the gag right right well it becomes yeah. funny after a while like he, he started the bandsaw cowboy thing Jimmy did because he wanted to get content out for a month and he's like well what can I do 30 times where I could just knock it out and he came up with doing the letters on a bandsaw one per day so that's where it started oh I didn't even know that yeah and then everyone else wanted in on it because it, it it's it's like those guys that do um um like a dovetail a day like every day they go out in the shop they do a hand cut dovetails so they don't lose that skill or, or they earn that skill right and it's kind of like that, but he was doing it at the bandsaw with the letters. And then I think he put, I don't know how bandsaw cowboy came up, but, uh, it took off. Whoever came up with bandsaw cowboy, I think is why it took off. I think I could be. So wrong. what you're saying is, is that me doing all this random canvas work every weekend is actually me trying to be good at my job. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so there is some logic to it. Neat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think what you should do is film each one and then do a reel per day and then see if that fad catches on and everyone starts painting. So I could see that there's um there's a influencer slash internet personality out in California, Ali Spagnoli. She also she's been in like the Guinness World Book of Records like five times now because that's her whole spiel is being most or outrageous or whatever it is. And she did a painting every day for a year, and then she sends them out to people randomly. So I think there's probably someone that's already, you know, got the uh, their finger on that pulse of doing it every day. But the other problem is, is I'm left-handed, and it is almost impossible to film anything with your hand over the work. 
which happens all the time being a left-handed person. So it's hard to get good content content that way. Right. But if you set up a camera and do a time lapse, and even though your hand's over it, you're moving and then it goes quick. And if you're at a painting for an hour, you truncate that down to, what is it? 30 seconds or something. It's going to, like you won't even notice the hands in there. It's just going to be a white canvas to whatever it is at at the end. And you're just going to see the hand going over it. You know, there's, there's a couple other people that are asking that too. Cause they're like, lots well, of, cause I always, I always put a snapshot or at least one picture in a reel of the ones I like. Cause there's probably seven others that I, I put in the, I have multiple piles, piles that people can see and piles that I'm going to use for, heating during the apocalypse um and pe- people always ask for like well where the hell that start how'd that go and um maybe maybe i'll start doing reels that way because there is seems to be people that are actually interested in it um i heard trying to do that kind of content is a lot of labor intensive so we'll see how it goes uh, but who knows yeah, it'd be fun you just have to figure out how to make it easy for yourself you know yeah. quick time lapse or whatever i know that uh, in the winter, I'm going to be wanting to not be out in a cold shop. So, uh, I may break out my painting supplies and start painting. So Dude, you could start I would a trend. Love to see that. I would love to see that. Um, For and you, you know, my, I will, I, I will paint uh, something before this episode comes out. How's that? Fair. All right. I'd like to see that. It's not going to be good. <laughs> I never said I was an artist. I, I, I still don't. I still don't. But I will um, paint something and I'll do a reel about it. I won't paint left-handed though, because I don't know how to do that. Yeah, well, it just—it's just—it's the opposite of doing right-handed. So just think of it and being inverted. You just got to teach your mind to do that. And it's the, apparently left-handed people are the, the the better portion of the society if you read the notes, because we're like better mathematicians, better artists, uh, we're better musicians. Some other reason. So apparently, are you being we had handist a, right now. We are. We are. No, I was I was raised that because um, when I was a kid. One of my teachers wanted to have my parents make me not left-handed. And she argued for here's the reason why left-handed people should be allowed. Because apparently there was handism back in the day, back in the 90s, you know. They used to tape your left hand to the desk yeah. and, and force you to write with your right hand. It's oh, bad. I learned when I was in college just for the fun of it because I saw a guy writing two sentences at once on a whiteboard. So I did learn how to be ambidextrous a little bit, but... I never got to the point where I could actually do cursive or anything fun like that with both hands. I was never good at cursive. <laughs> the the limit the limit for me is trying to dribble a basketball with both hands, and I never did that well. <laughs> no, no. I, I am so bad at sports. I'm so bad at sports that when my dad tried teaching me or playing catch with me as a kid, he got tired and fed up and went inside. That's how bad <laughs> I was at, at sports. So. Yeah, I, uh, I do occasionally swing with the other hand if i have to with a hammer because if if i'm on the vice or something and i can't get in from like with my right hand i'll swing with the other hand but it's nowhere near as skilled or (laughs) yeah just nowhere near the same skill like i'll get maybe 10 good swings before it starts going off target where you know if i'm on my left arm it can go for you know 30 40 before i start missing so i get that but like if I'm out golfing or at top flight or something, you know, I can golf left or right handed. So it's not too bad. Just depends on who gave me clubs because I'm such a bad golfer that it just depends on whose clubs I borrowed. So, yeah. Oh. You know, skilled craftsmen doesn't blame their tools. I, I, I mean, 
literally my my internet name my, my superhero name is mostly accurate i'm not a skilled trads, tradesman so oh, okay so, so i can blame the tools i had i got to use that one i got that use that line at work the other day somebody was griping about we were putting teflon tape on some piping and he's like this stuff is garbage it keeps tearing and then it's all i all i laid out and he just like put his head down <laughs> just couldn't say anything it's a solid Man. statement I tell you what, that, I I don't know if you guys saw what I was doing this Friday and Saturday, but I I wanted to drive to Michigan where the home office of the company that sold me my conveyor system and stabbed their engineers. I did it was see so that. bad, so bad. Like I, I I it got so to the point where I had to start going zany and crazy with the reels just to keep my spirits up so I wouldn't quit my job. Listen, <laughs> it was you so can't bad. Always blame the engineer. No, in this situation, you could. No. It's a 40-pound roller that had two end caps encapsulating it, preventing you from removing the roller, mm-hmm. which was also the mounting brackets for butting up two joint two different conveyors. Right. So you had to disassemble two conveyors to replace one roller, which in most other other worlds, most other conveyances, you'd usually have to separate a belt. Well, technically, you'd have to turn the machine off and lock it out, but... I'm pretty sure OSHA's not listening to us at this moment. But you'd normally have to lock it out, separate the belt, remove two bearings, and then pull the roller out. This should have been an hour job. I spent all weekend going, cool, great. We're, gonna, we're stopping the line at 4 o'clock on Friday. I'll be out of there by 6. Two days later, I finally get it back together. I, I watched so the bad. saga unfold, <laughs> and I smiled every new story that happened. Dude, everyone was like, I heard from so many other people that have had that experience. And I'm like, there's one guy who literally is offering to hold down the engineer for me. I was like, all right, fair. Yeah. Well, you can't always blame the engineer. Well, technically, I could blame the guy who bought this system. Because, I mean, I wasn't there. I didn't sign off on it. I didn't go through it. I, I kind of walked into it as it was being built. So I could blame that guy for buying such a janky piece of junk. But... uh a lot, of, here there. a lot of times bad engineering comes from the penny pinchers. Very true. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong on this, um, but make I don't it, understand. Make it cheaper. Okay, how are we going to do that? Well, let's just make the C-channel part of the frame. Dude, this is a 40-pound solid roller of stainless steel on a, fo- on a four-foot <laughs> conveyor. I don't understand why. Up in the air. I don't know why they needed that kind of weight for four feet. I don't get it. Like any other kind of roller. I mean, the only thing I could technically see is that if they're worrying about the belt slipping because it is a flat belt, um, they it was slightly cheaper than having a coated roller put in. But even then, man, you could have done a hollow a hollow roller and saved yourself. I don't know, eight eight hundred dollars maybe because that that steel is not cheap. Yeah. And the good news is I have five other spots, and I, I have a, a nearly a miles worth of conveyor to take care of, and. Um, I have five other spots where that exact setup happens and they're all 20 feet in the air. It's great. It's, 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 but now you know how to do it. Okay. So you're right. You're right. Then this is one of the things like I, I, when it, when it actually first happened, when I realized I was going to drop the entire conveyor on me, cause, um, I didn't know what I was getting into. Right. This is a relatively new system. Nothing's really broken because it, it hasn't had a lot of wear and tear on it. And my company itself doesn't run a lot of hours so there's even less wear and tear on it um so i didn't know and there's lots of things in your first year or two of running new buildings that you have to learn the characteristics and the um temperaments of how your machines wear out so yes i didn't know what i was getting into but i was not expecting that 
I don't know, think that, anyone would have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that the reason there's no supports underneath that was because a consultant wanted to have a particular width of an egress line that went underneath of it. So they redid the support structures and AKA removed some of them to give this one consultant his, uh, I think it was like a 13 foot wide uh, egress aisle that walks underneath the conveying system for no apparent reason. And like you said, it's supposed to be from the penny pitchers. Penny so. pitchers. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. But anyway, and the other thing is too, and this is low key, don't tell my boss about this, but I really kind of enjoyed it. Like it's been a while since I got to tear into something and literally do my job because <laughs> it is a new machine. So I don't have a lot of major repairs. Most of my, most of my days just clearing jams and teaching people how not to hit the e-stop button, you know? So I did kind of enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I saw you had to break that. out the angle grinder. That must've been oh, satisfying in that brand dude, new building. <laughs> so I don't even understand. Like I, like I said, most of these, apparently the company that builds these, there's a, it's a factory down in uh, Mexico and they're, they're bought as pre-made sections and then they just design the plant to fit that. So there's not a lot of like custom links made. So I don't think that the person that designed this very modular conveyor um, ever took one apart. Like they never thought about it because that piece that was a finger guard that goes between two rollers um, was literally also the cross beam that keeps it square. There's nothing else in that end of it that keeps it square. So once you remove that to be able to remove the two plates, to be able to remove the two bearings, remove the one roller, you lose the square of the entire conveyor. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. So kind yeah, of, that was my kind yeah. of a race to the bottom kind of item then. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of a one WTF after another in that project. And we found it the file the previous Monday, one of my coworkers came by. It's like, hey, there's a bunch of like foreign material on the ground. I walk over there and see half of my belt sitting on the ground because it started walking towards the edge of the conveyor and just eating itself away. So hmm. it was very um telling. And I started cleaning up, I traced, I figured it out. I track the belt back to the middle so it wouldn't damage itself. And I was like, cool, I got this plan. I'm going to be here for like two hours on Friday and knock it out. Man, did I guess that one wrong. So, yeah. But then again, I really had a good time on it. So, (laughs) Yeah, I kind of run into the same thing with my job. It'd be like, oh, we should, you know, I'm into shutdown mode right now. So we're into some some silliness here and there. And uh, every now and again, you'll get into something and be like oh you know yeah yeah that'll be two hours and then you're like eight hours into the project you thought would be two is it's a little frustrating but sometimes it's you get to you get thrown those curveballs that are a lot of fun to deal with that's for sure yeah when we when i was back in the food industry we never would add an adjective we'd always say it's just running right because as soon as you said it's running well or it's running really good (laughs) something would go bad and you'd be 10 hours of downtime um so we know that um, it's pretty bad. Now, here's something, and maybe we're going to talk more about being a, on the Internet and whatnot. Um, Keith, you said you watched most of them, but I went back at my metrics. The very first video I put up had 60-some viewers, and it tapers off the more the more posts you put. Do you notice that on your guys' content? Because I had some real good zingers in those last ones that no one liked. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not that funny, which we all know I'm not, but in my head I think I am. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Do you think that the more more posts you put up in a short amount of time, the less they see the watch the end of it, and they're just clicking through to scrolling past it to get to the next person they have to like? Uh, sometimes I'll just watch like one or two, and then yeah, I'll move on to the next. I'm like, oh, I'll come back to it, and I never do. 
Okay. That's um, kind of what I think. Cause that's what, that's, that's what the metrics at least show, you know, really good engagement in the beginning half and towards the rest, you'll it tapers down and then you get your few, few dedicated people that really like what you're into. And they'll always at least view the whole thing. So I, was I found it int- for everybody. I knew what you were getting into. Cause I think Friday night, on a live you had mentioned i gotta go deal with an engineer's problem i did yeah. and then i commented don't blame the engineers <laughs> correct and, and, and then uh so i was into it and wanted to watch it for that reason uh because it's obviously the engineer's fault on this one but uh yeah i don't know i i, I a lot of time like i don't know if it's the same thing over and over again or i'm busy There's- Sometimes I watch it without sound, so you don't really get a context, and you're like, oh, well, when I'm not around other people, let me go back and watch it with sound, and then I don't, and then it's gone because it's only 24 hours. I find that happens a lot. Well, I'm glad it's not. I'm not the only one then because I do the same thing sometimes, and I realize that everyone else listened to it with the sound on, and I missed out on something, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, I generally don't listen or watch. Like, if you're, if at the top of, like whatever shows you how many stories that person has up if that those little lines get shorter and shorter like (laughs) i am like next like just but i've had there's been a couple one that comes to mind is uh hand tool rescue when he was working on that uh oh the power hammer the power hammer that was that was fun because he had fun with it too because normally people are you know they're stuff they when they're having issues like that you know they're they don't always allow you to see everything and he was pretty good about like well this is what we did and this is what we tried and this is the end result and a lot of times people would just have stopped and i would be in that boat where i would if i had tried to document it five tries in or whatever i would have been no phone's going away and we're gonna you know we're gonna melt this thing so i can make it so i can make it work but yeah, it, that one was the other one thing that, about that though is one everyone was talking about it. Yeah, two, there was two, it was at the height of COVID. We all had we're pretty much on lockdown with nothing else to do. Yeah, but th- then the um, Andrew of of uh, Blacksmith Tools had the same thing happen not that long ago, and he was messing with it. I ended up watching most of those stories, but for some reason that stuff just kind of stuck with me. Uh, that particular type of of uh, problem i guess i've been when i see them working on it, it's kind of interesting to me but it's yeah. kind of the great thing about reels is that you, some people use it as like a hey here's what my a day in a life is and some do it for marketing like hey i got a new product and um i, I, I kind of balance between like i'll take if i'm making new friends or following new people i'll take like one of each that way i don't get flooded with sales pitches because <laughs> there, are, there are some people out there that use instagram as, as their hustle and I appreciate them. And if it's a good product, I'll buy it. But the hustle is a lot. Like you, you gotta, you gotta shill that stuff out there to be able to make ends meet. So, um, kind of want half of the half of the day in the life stuff, learning from people's processes, and the other half of marketing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't mind the hustle as long as they're not an account that hustles product, right? So if they're just gonna hustle from one brand to the next brand to the and every reel is part of their hustle, uh, I'm out. Yeah, I've 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 kind of stopped following a couple of those people, and I mean, I hope they're still doing well. But I mean, it wasn't for me to watch that daily because I I do spend a little too much time going through Instagram. 
I'm thinking I'm pretty close to like a half hour to an hour a day on Instagram. That's pretty bad. I think it's a lot of lot of media <laughs> stuff. You think that's bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, that's good. That's that's, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. I'm about 28 minutes, so I'm still in the good. Oh, okay, yeah. fair, fair. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. I'm mostly okay. <laughs> <laughs> mostly okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm more like the an hour every two hours. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've way, had those moments. I'm not, I'm not that bad, but I, I spend way too much time. But it, I, I hate the little explore button, the one, the one that that just shows you everything from the internet, because you can yeah. go into a doom scroll on that for a very long time, and and it's weird because even in the in that collection of reels, there's sub categories. So if you click on one and then you start scrolling up from there, you can you can go down some rabbit holes and. It's the beauty of the internet, but it also is the poison of the internet because you do lose some time going through those rabbit holes. At well, least I do. I even I even hate like if I go onto my search bar for Google and I'll start and it won't won't even let me just get to the bar and not have anything extra. It'll like start filling it with past searches and like trending searches and all that kind of garbage. And I I should look into how to shut that all off because that will pull my attention away so quick. And then it, then I'm down a rabbit hole and I'm like, what was that? I had a project. What the fuck? (laughs) Like I just, and then there's, you know, could be 15 minutes, could be 45, could be hours. I recently found out about the trending topics in the Google search bar because I hadn't paid attention to it before. And now I can't use Google while at work because I'll go in and I'll, log into Google to bring up a website because most of my um, equipment's uh, web-based. I can interface with it. And if I don't use the the toolbar saved icon, I'll do that. And I'll find like a really interesting topic of words I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, I must, I must, I must learn about this. And I'll sit down at my desk for two minutes worth of looking up or just checking on equipment. 15 minutes later go by and I'm like, oh crap, someone better not have seen me screwing off for that long. Because Google <laughs> is bad in that aspect. It's so bad. Yeah. I don't want to learn what what these trending topics on Google are because that'll happen to me. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I always, I have a, I've always had this, I don't know what you'd call it, but I just, anytime I see something, I've never been a, like a bandwagon jumper. So I've never been much for like, oh, you got to go see so-and-so is doing this or whatever. And it'll all be these headlines. I do not click on any of that stuff. It's just for me, sometimes it's like the old searches are what get me the worst because it'd be like, that was something I had an interest in at some point. <laughs> and I'd be like, Oh, I should go look at that again. Or Exactly. I have a, I have a, a folder or a file of bookmarks of all of the greatest parts of the internet that I have. And about twice a year, I go through there and click on all the links just to refresh those, those dopamine hits of how that article or how that video or whatever, uh, triggered something inside me at the time and i just rehashed those memories i don't know if that's healthy or not but i do it all the time yeah no but i'm I'm also a very kind of stubborn person if if you all say there's a bandwagon i'll turn around and walk the other way so i don't i don't i do the same thing i don't jump on them i'm kind of like i'm I'm the anti anti-establishment kind of guy like i'm the guy asking you to start the painting bandwagon i know but i'd be i'd already be driving it you wouldn't be asking me to jump on it so that's slightly different yeah if you start, driving. if you yeah, if you start it, then I probably will walk the other way. I want to jump <laughs> on. <laughs> you can jump on. I think I don't know. I mean, okay. I have a friend from 
uh, a long time ago, but he's on fa- he he's old school. He still only does Facebook, but I'll go on there and he does a uh, post-it note sketch every day, and he he in he posts that, and it's just it's the only thing he does on Facebook anymore. Like I, I don't even know if he 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 knows it's for other things. Um, so I, I think there's something to that, and like you said, the people that go out and they do one dovetail a day, there's something to that. Um, there was a guy just. I don't want to derail the conversation, but the post-it note thing got me. There, there was a kid in my old town. In, We're into the Google search bar already. Yeah. <laughs> derail conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Um, and he wouldn't do post-it notes. What he would do is get the painters, uh, like the paint sample things from. Um, oh, yeah. The sample cards for all the colors. Right. And then he would draw on that. And that's a really it, good idea. Yeah, they were really cool. And whatever he was drawing kind of went with the color, whether it be the background or whatever. And um, he would sell them. He would set up outside, you know, you know, at, at the time it was kind of like a rundown town. And he would set up outside like one of the abandoned ones. But there was like popping, like the town was beginning to, to, to like rejuvenate. And he would just put a table out in front and he'd sell them for like $5 a piece. And he would That's kind of cool. He would just be there drawing all day and then putting them down on the table and you could walk up and buy one. They were pretty cool. I keep thinking that if if I continue this trend for the next eleven months, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a lot of canvases, dude. <laughs> I might have to I might have to rent a vehicle to bring them up there. But I, I kind of do. I plan on I plan on bringing them again to Maker Camp, um, and I may get with the guys from the Jesse Combs and be like, I'm gonna make a table. You give me a dollar, and then we donate that dollar that, and you get a painting. There you know, you. something like that. It might be something to do because. I, social awkwardness like i can only run up to you and hand you a painting so many times and not have to talk to you <laughs> right so so like I, I have to come some other way for you to find these these little gems um but i also i i don't i don't ever want to try and get so good that i'm like oh that's a 50 dollar painting and that's a hundred dollars no 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 it's you want you like it go go mow this old lady's lawn and that's how you pay for it like do something good in the world and you just get it you know or just take it I hate that. Like my, my mom is a quilter and she's, she's the whole reason I'm horribly bad about hobbies and jumping around. But, um, she labor sewing is labor intensive. Don't, don't blame your mom for your ADHD. Well, I mean, technically she was half the genetics. So, I mean, <laughs> she's, she's kind of the problem. And also she's really bad. Um, her 80, 80, ADHD was about a five-year lifespan. So every five years growing up, she would change new hobbies. So she used to be into chocolate tearing. She'd be into, um, needlepoint crocheting she does woodworking i have my entire house is filled with all of the furniture she built um jelly cabinets and nightstands and toy boxes and stuff like that then it was stained glass for a while it's always been quilting she used to make clothing but every few years she'd get hooked on another another hobby and then change so uh, <laughs> my I, mother I kinda, my mother's yeah. the exact same way yeah it's That's weird not a bad thing though no no but um i mean it's keeping yourself fresh yeah so I kind of get that 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 hobby from her. Just the every now and then you got to change gears and find something new's passion. But she makes these really so watching my your own mother's skill set grow over years is kind of cool. So when she started, she used to be very basic. Someone would give her a, a, a quilting pattern, and she'd just follow the instructions. But over the years, she's gotten epically good i'm talking like not just because she's my mom but epically good of color combinations and picking patterns and in, in colors like she is now in around michigan and there's a pretty big quilting group in michigan or whatever uh sewing you don't group. say um yeah that's so bad that. 
it's so bad it's so bad that she friended patty brooklyn on uh on instagram so they could talk about sewing anyways um but she's becoming known for her color combinations of just that like everyone makes the same pattern bag but it's her color combinations um i don't really know where i'm running with that one hi mom hope you're listening (laughs) (laughs) so tony you said your mom's a craftsperson as well um not real well i mean she was always the knitter and and crochet and that kind of thing she's always some sort of craft thing that was keeping her busy like she did pottery and stuff when i was a kid like there was but she she didn't like get into like throwing stuff but she got into like she'd go and do classes and things like that that she could just keeping herself busy kind of thing do you guys know what glass fusing is so mm, it's nope. stained glassed without doing the soldering and metalwork. You cut out glass the same way as you do stained glass, and then mm-hmm. you'd use um, other filler rod and like a, a chemical, and then you bake it and it melts it together. I just recently found out about it, and now I want to buy a $4,000 oven or kiln to do it. It's great. Um, what kind of kiln do you need for that? It's a flat bed. It's almost like a tanning bed um, that... Uh, is a it's a kiln basically. So um, if you were doing it on a smaller scale, could you use heavy. like? I don't know. I don't know. I've recently dug into it. I was I was sitting at my local watering hole, and it came up in my reels, and I'm absolutely in love with this lady's work. Um, and I, I'm 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 sad I brought this up, and now I can't remember her name. Because I've been um, seeing, I clicked on one on Facebook, and now all I see on Facebook Marketplace is the pottery kilns and they're like $50. And there's probably like five on Facebook right now for 50 bucks. How do you, hold on a second. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, but I don't know what temp, but you'd have to work on a smaller scale for pottery. It, kilns but it's they're pretty tight. This lady, she does beautiful work and you can't really see the seams. Um, occasionally like you use like a round rod in between them and you melt like three glasses together. It's this really cool thing that I know I can't get addicted to. Um, oh my lord, I feel bad that I even brought it up without remembering her name off the top of my head. That's all right. So, does the flux is where the the metal travels to? So, that's what like makes your borders kind of thing, yeah. It's yeah, but apparently, this just it's uh, occasionally you have to like use a a full sheet of glass behind the artwork. So, maybe it's think of it as double paned and it kind of melts together. Um, oh my lord, I guess it's a one bacon done though, right? Yeah. So you put you cut the part pattern out, you fit it all together, you put it in the oven, and then it comes out as one solid sheet. Oh my lord, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's neat because you know the uh, stained glass is iconic because it has the black outline. It looks like you know cartoons, um, and this gets rid of it, so you get the same vibrant colors with none of that like you know outline, which is really and neat. what's it called? Glass uh, fuse glass glass fusing or fusing? Yeah, well, son of a gun. I'm all nervous now because I brought it up and I don't have the uh, don't worry name right in front it. of me. That's not a problem. I bet she, I bet she's not listening, so <laughs> oh, yeah, she's true. not offended. Yeah. I can almost guarantee the woman that you ran across on the internet is not offended. Yeah, I'll share it later. But anyways, it's it's really cool. I'll I'll, I'll share it on Instagram if anyone actually looks. I'll I'll put it there. But it's just this really neat hobby of something I'd never heard of, and it makes sense. It's just glass being melted to other glass, right? So. Oh, you can do it 3D style too. Yeah. Oh, I highly recommend if 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 you don't if you've never seen this before to the listeners, check this out. You do it between 700 Celsius and 820 degrees Celsius. 
All right. So the lady's name is Glass Art by Linda, and she's the one who's got me addicted to this. Um, it is just beautiful, beautiful work. Um, I, I, that would be my, my, my suggestion is if you want to go into it, Glass Art by Linda. Um, and she's just a lady who does it, but she'll occasionally post a picture of it coming out of the kiln. And it's a it's a pretty big bed. It's like, a would say, two foot by like four foot bed. So it's a pretty good kiln. Well, there's a place we could take classes there in wall. Really? In wall. Is that in Jersey? Oh, this is regular stained glass. Yeah, in Jersey. Oh. Yeah. You realize that I've been here five years and I still don't know all the names. So occasionally I have to ask like clarification questions. Yeah, it's down closer to me. It'd be right wow, down that, the parkway for you. That's absolutely wild. Yeah, because you, until you know about it, your entire life is like you have to have that metal banding and then the solder in there to hold the panes together. And this does away with it, so... Yeah, the 3D stuff, I'm just looking it up. This is terrible radio, so I apologize. <laughs> but th- th- this is one of those things you want to look up, the way they fuse it in, like, three dimensions. and. Well, you see, like, she's even made plates, like, like it gives you your three dimensions. Yeah, she puts a little base underneath of it, and they, they cup it into, like, a bowl. It's really cool. Yeah. And for people who work in Freedom Height, that was 1,300 to 1,500 degrees. So it's basically, you know almost forging temps <laughs> so it's quite hot you what was her name to... again glass arts by linda l-i-n-d-a i'm gonna have to check that out later that's actually there's metal in between all those colors no there's not that's the what he's saying there's no resin should be there there's uh, a flux or a, a foreign mineral in there that allows them to fuse together but they they don't oh, okay. edge band those you. at all anymore no i when you said flux my head went to like um, like soldering where you'd still have some metal, but just a thin layer to bind everything together. But you're saying it's it, okay. I got you. We're good. This is pretty well. I'm on the same page now. <laughs> and that's the beauty of the internet is that you've now got a new addiction to watch and learn about. So yeah, thanks. Now I'm not going to sleep today. That's what I'm here for. The corrupt the minds of the young and the willing. I can blame you. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, that was a good little rant. I apologize about going down that rabbit hole. That's what no, this don't. podcast is That's, about. Rabbit yeah. holes. Absolute <laughs> rabbit holes. <laughs> I always like it because I'll, I'll, I'll scroll. Um, I go to a watering hole once a week, and uh, I'll just sit there and have my happy hour pints of Guinness, and I'll scroll through it. And occasionally you'll just find a gem like that lady, and it's the best thing. I found another one that is a, a, another little lady, and she makes small little wooden block robots. And they're just the most perfectly like shaded and built little guys. Um, what is it about these people who make these little robots? And then I don't know. It's fascinating to watch. I I had a I went down that rabbit hole. I don't know, like a year ago. And there's like whole community of people that do it. It's weird, and I didn't know it was a thing. And now I'm I'm glad that I do. I kind of feel bad I missed out on it for so long. I don't get it, but yet it's it, like when you're watching them make it, you're like, well, what's this one going to look like? And then you got to scroll to the next one. It's crazy. I don't understand that one. Like that? Yeah, that's close. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's not only the the handling of the material and making the material look a certain way. Then you're doing it on scale, which makes it even more tricky. Um, yeah, that's pretty neat. It is cool. It's nope. also one of those things that looks like you could pick it up and like you just go to your drunk drawer and just find a bunch of stuff and make your own. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not the yeah. rabbit hole I went down. It was more like the first one. Tony keeps holding up these wooden robots and showing us. 
They're almost like a like desktop companion robot type things that I went down. Yep, more like that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. They're like little robots people make with like yep. Do you guys know who Matt Dixon is? No. He's a UK artist, I believe, and he does nothing but um um robot paintings and they're all very um like characteristics they're full of character and i think he's he's been around for a while so i think he he calls them his collections are called transmissions i think he's on the fifth one um but he started off and all he does is these very iconic very lovable robots and i found them right after yeah i have seen these yes what's the name again matt Matt dixon Dixon art yep yep it's probably consistently it's consistently epic when he puts a post out it's he's never done a bad one in my opinion I I never I I never wanted to look into these, but I have yeah. seen because he's got a unique style robot, and I have seen it. Before. Yeah, his color schemes and the way he poses them are great. And the fun part is, is um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna multi trade here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about multiple trades at once. So because of my addiction to the internet, I found Matt Dixon. Then I found out what Tinkercad is. You guys ever use Tinkercad? No, it's it's a cheap web based um, CAD design for doing 3D sculpting and whatever. So it's free. It's easy. It's bare bones. So then because I got bored one evening, I started using Tinkercad to practice 3D modeling. And I started making his robots or copies of his robots. And then I learned how to 3D print those. Um, so it's just weird how they're all it's all connected, man. It's all it's we're all just one big happy universe. We're all connected. But. Yeah, so one little one little Instagram post will lead you down to another hobby and another chill uh, skill set. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his, and I don't really fanboy over people I'll never meet. I'm I'm, I'm more about supporting local, you know. So instead of global, um, that's just my own personal view on keeping supporting the local community. Yeah, I do like to support local. That's a big deal. Yeah. Speaking of supporting people, how about we thank those patrons, Tony? All right. So we'll start here with uh, Corey of Odyssey CNC, Christy of Twisted Twine, and at 513 Woodworks, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, Lily Nurture Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery. In our top tier, we have Eastbook Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence of Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Brian Housewart of Workfort Podcast. Artigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Brad of Brad's Customs, David and Joanna at Wido Works, Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, Ryan of Gnomehammer Forge, David of DW Wood Builds, Matt of First Do Construction, and Daniel in Drizzy. Thank you all. Thank you all. We appreciate it. Here, here. So what type of paints do you typically do? Acrylic? Acrylic? Um acrylics and like i said recently i found this one set of acrylic markers and they're probably the highest pigment to cost ratio that i've seen because you can get acrylic markers that are eight dollars a pen and this is a full set for 30 so like they're really good value and they just cover so well um but yeah and then um yeah just acrylic paints whatever uh i've tried doing oil I, i have um it's mostly that I'd have a problem if I mix oil colors, I can't consistently get them mixed back the same. So it's one of those things that if you start off, you better finish. And yeah. I occasionally don't do that. Um, so, 
and it takes forever to dry, you know, like you're afraid to do anything. And I like to, once I'm done staring at it, I'll just put it in the closet. Like, you know, it's only been recently that I started hanging my stuff up on the wall so I can enjoy it for more than a day. I have an idea and it's been in my head for, I don't know, maybe 10 years that I think I need oil paints for. And I just haven't brought myself to do it yet, but. I think well, uh, start off easy and don't just say all the oil paints, just say what colors you need and then go from there. It's I only, a smaller bite. I only need like one color to do this project. That's super easy then. And I just haven't done it yet. There's a lot of, a lot of forethought so, that has to go into it before I do it. But so if you start this painting bandwagon, maybe by the end of it, I will uh, complete that project. That's fair. I, I think that's a really goal now that we both are giving <laughs> each other goals here. Um, but well, my, I have my, to do a painting before this episode comes out. Oh, that's so. true. You already said that online, but that, that I is already said it. digital stone. So, uh, although but, I do uh, do the editing, so I can pull that out. <laughs> I will. I will not be making that that claim. I'm Fair. going to stick to metalwork. Fair. You don't want to be a paintbrush cowboy. No. Can we come up with something better than that? Oh, like we a have paint to. Boy, paintbrush or a paint boy? No, that sounds no, paint boys. No, no that no. sounds a bit weird. No. Yeah. Well, we got to come up with something. But my suggestion is to anybody is, I mean, we all have our tips and tricks about getting into a project. But if you want to do anything, just go to the clearance aisle of Hobby Lobby, and you usually can find enough to get going on a new project. I mean, it's crazy how much stuff, because they have to cycle through it. And especially when it comes to some of their, their lower quality paints, they, they don't have a long shelf life before they start becoming useless. So you can usually get a lot of good clearance paint uh, that'll do what, good enough for your first attempts for dirt cheap. You know, that's my strong suggestion. Have you ever been to Jerry's Artorama? I have not, but I have been told that is something to go. It's on a, a list of mine of places to go. It's, Dude, a, it's like a, I don't know. It's amazing. You should go. Well, I talked to uh, Patty Brooklyn or Patty a lot in uh she keeps showing pictures of the textile uh, stores down in Brooklyn. And those look absolutely amazing where there's like three aisles of nothing but like sequenced fabric or uh, uh, five different rows of hand uh, brass handles for your drawers and stuff. I've never been, a, uh, had the opportunity to go into a store of that type. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I, I know I'll come out broke. So. That sounds like a good field trip opportunity right there. We should, we should definitely do that. Um, yeah. There's so much like there's a good group of us that are in that region of the um, East Coast that like, you know, Matt was doing it for a while. He's like, hey, I'm going to be on in Manhattan on Tuesday. Let's all meet up. And it's easier to go there when there's a goal. Right. If it, yeah. Like I, I, it takes me 30 minutes to get into the or, well, 40 minutes to get into lower Manhattan. And I don't go because it's like, well, then what? What do I do? So if you have a goal, it's a little easier, especially for people that are like homebodies or people that you know kind of need that motivation i go to the city every week yeah but you get paid to right the problem is is every time you guys are doing it i'm either busy with work or or it's a day that i didn't have to go in and then i don't want to go in hey and let's let's face it matt has a pretty cherry job right i'm convinced he doesn't have a job <laughs> i know that I, I know that he does but it's a job where it's not a it, he doesn't have to be on a desk for 50 hours a week. All those people so, that know. say, if I win the lottery, I'm not telling anyone. That's Matt. <laughs> I'm convinced. Could, very well could be. Because I think, I mean, it has to be. 
He does not have a job. He's good people though, but I mean, like he he I think he does like one day a week, two days a week. That's about it. It's amazing. No wonder he's so happy and lovable. <laughs> yeah. But one day we'll be like him. I, I hope. I wish I could be that cheerful. <laughs> you wish you could have won the lottery? It would be nice. Quietly where no one knows that you won. You could pretend that you have this mythical job. So I don't you. have I don't have a, a, a wife and kids. So you think that I should have more money than I do, but I don't. And all of a sudden, all I really want is a home in Jersey. Right? I'm really starting to fall in love with the East Coast and the people. But I need like two really well-to-do ex-wives to help pay my mortgage on a house here in Jersey. It's expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive. So I wouldn't mind winning the lottery just so I could afford a home. You need to win the lottery to yeah. live in Jersey. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I could get a home, but it would be either a home or it would be a home with like no garage or no driveway and you'd have to park on the road. I have three vehicles right now. I can't park that on a curb road here in Jersey. So that'd be the only reason, you know, and of course set up, set up family members would be nice if you won the lottery, but definitely yeah, get a house here in the East coast. Yeah. It's so bad that I have a save search on Redfin looking up at properties in uh, East Durham. And I'm literally thinking about doing the four hour drive every week just so I could have a home, just so I could get into some of the bigger hobbies of. You say that, but you know, it's not cheap up there either. You can. Okay. So I put in a bid. I've been looking every day for like five years. I put in a bid the week after Maker Camp and I went I, on the way out. I went and looked at a property 57 acres, two buildings, 280 grand. 57 acres. It? No, I didn't. Hmm. Apparently, apparently there was a, a, another uh, side deal going on. So I went to someone in the family, but it was beautiful. And you, you can't get that. You, you get a third of an acre and a foundation that is maybe, maybe has part of a teardown on it for that price here in Jersey. Yeah. It's bad. And but, I'm from the Midwest where like you could see, like you, you do touch your neighbors, like in subdivision, you, you do share a property line with the neighbors. But it's far enough to where you can play football between the two houses, right? Not out here where literally you can reach out your window and touch the neighbor's house. It's crazy. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, but we're we're somewhere in the middle. So, are you in the suburbs or in a major city? I never really understood which how Canada works. Um, so we have both. We have kind of have both situations, but mainly in the city is when you're going to be able to touch your own, like, like run, touch each house at the same time. And then where I'm at, there's, I don't know, 40, 50 feet between each house. And then as you get further and further and further out, more rural, I mean, then people just have more and more space. So, yeah. See, that sounds pretty doable. Yeah. Like, and there, and like where I live, like the entire province, which is probably equal in size to maybe close to the size of Jersey, maybe there's under a million people. That's crazy. So we got space super jealous yeah but it also takes you like 14 days to go to walmart though because you got to get the pack horses out and drive in like you know shovel the the mountain passes you know ride to be the able moose. To get, yeah. yeah ride the moose over you know so i mean there's trade backs you know there are drawbacks okay <laughs> on that let's head on over to the after show fair if you want to find jeremy you can find him at mostly accurate tony's at woodland iron i'm at blackthorn concepts both of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram, Working Hands 3 on TikTok. And if you don't already know, the Gnome Hammer thing is going on for November as well. Uh, if you're a patron of ours or a couple other podcasts, you're automatically entered. 
you can become a patron of his and get a ton of entries, or you can buy tickets themselves, win yourself a hammer. It's worth the while. Go check it out. You got any parting words there, Jeremy? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would probably like to say to everyone that's listening, I've, I've, I've met you before and you all are all awesome. I think this community probably has done more for me than they know. And I thank every one of you guys for being awesome. So thanks everyone. Tony. I'm Googling. All right. Don't hit that trending topics. We'll talk to you guys in the after show. And for those who aren't patrons, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later. See ya.